Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Jeez Dan. Hey there, Spanish senorita. Spragans in love. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live at a living color. Well, from the temporary Radio What studios, and this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you could have me at your next event. I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Let me entertain you. Make your next thing a big one. Today on the program, Bella Levy. Who's Bella Levy? Where you been, under a rock? Well, if you don't know, you're going to find out in the next few minutes, so stick around. This week's shows, well, as it's New Year's week, uh, let's see, Thursday, I will be at the Rab for our New Year's celebration. <laughs> It has to end at 11 for some reason, 7 p.m. until 11. I'll be there from 7.30 to 10.30 with the video dance party karaoke jam. Yeah, I'm going to do like a ball drop, I guess, at 10 o'clock. So uh, be there at the Rab, Conway, Arkansas. Yeah, (laughs) it'll be fun. It will. Uh, This COVID thing's got everybody crazy. 2021, better be better. Come on. Come on. I think there's a light at the end of this tunnel. We got some uh, vaccines and treatments that uh, seem to be showing some promise. So there. (sighs) All right. Uh, And oh, yeah. And then on Saturday night, Friday night, I got nothing. So New Year's Day. Hey, enjoy yourself. We're going to relax. And then uh, Saturday night, I will be at the Choctaw VFW for the video dance party karaoke jam. Now, I don't know what time I'm going to be there. the commander of the VFW swears I could be there from 9 p.m. until 1, like I usually am over there on since it's the second. So time may vary. <laughs> Keep up with my Facebook page to find out more. <laughs> All right, that's enough intro. Let's get into it with Bella Levy. Yeah. All right, I got uh, Bella Levy on Skype. It was a little spotty. But um, I think for the most part, we got an idea. And if you're listening to the audio version, the video version is going to be a little easier because you could read lips, you know, if, if some words cut out here and there. But if you're listening to the audio version, I think you're going to get the gist of who Bella Levy is. So, uh, yeah, I think it was it was very fun talking to her. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it with Bella Levy, Skyping Bella Levy now. Flipped it sideways. There you are, Bella Levy, the Bella Chica. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's uh, the What Makes You Famous podcast. Hi, I'm Keys Dan. Good to know you. Good to see you. You yes. went all out. Uh, you you said, should I wear my crown? I don't know. I didn't. I said you can wear whatever you want. We're pretty casual around here. And well, now- see, I got my tiara and. <laughs> 
much. Because a, a princess and a diva always got to be ready. See, but now you're making me want to go put my crown on in my sash. You know, <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I need to go win something before I can get one of those. Uh, so, That's right. You know, That's for, the right. Pe- for the people that don't know, for the people that have been living under a rock for quite some time, let the people yeah. know who you are, Bella Levy. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. I wanted to introduce you to this little, see this little towel I had? My friends at Popmoji made me a towel, and it had it's me on that, a towel. That is you. That is fancy. Is. Uh, that's a, a cartoonified you. That's right. That's right. So my name is Bella, and um, I reside in Maryland. And um, let me see. I'm originally from Belarus, Minsk. My family immigrated here in 1980. We went to an area called Flatbush. Is that New York? That is New York. That is New York. Absolutely. Uh, we didn't stay there too long because, you know, my father wanted something better. It was just me and my sister. And, you know, on one side of the street, you have the pretty girls in their pretty dresses. Well, you know, now I know what that was. But back then, I was like, wow, they do fashion shows here. That's pretty cool. That's not what it was. It was, you know, the girls doing what they had to do. And on the other side, they had the, you know, the pharmaceutical dudes. So my father figured that is no way to raise two young girls. So we moved to Maryland. Yeah, I think that would probably be a lot calmer, living closer to the yeah. capital. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that wasn't Flatbush. <laughs> so something I've always had in me is I've always loved helping people. That's just been a cornerstone of me. Um, gratitude, kindness. It's kind of like what I call like my paycheck of the heart. It's that unique feeling you get when you do something really nice for somebody and they tell you thank you and you get like that champagne bubbly sensation on the inside that you can't buy anymore. You know, something really good for another human being. They appreciate what you did. And sometimes I know it's going to sound like a but there is true giving. There really, really is. Oh, there absolutely is. And I, I see that about you. I, I noticed perusing your, your social media, looking at some of the stuff that you've sent me uh, over the last little bit since we've uh, set, up, set up this podcast. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm noticing you are, there are so many tent poles of you. There's so many facets of you. Uh, a, a little girl from Belarus. Well, tell me, you know, tell, tell me about Minsk and Belarus. Those, those always seem like very fascinating places to me. And, but uh, it's always cold in Minsk. You always see the little old lady with the with the hood over her. Oh, she is walking down the street. Would you like to buy some bread? That is the caricature, the cartoon of Minsk. It has to be so much more, more than that. Tell me about well, your memories of Minsk, and, and how old were you when you came here in 1980? Um, I was seven years old. Seven. Minsk is the capital of Belarus. Okay. Minsk is a huge metropolis full of culture, alive with music, alive with food. You know, food and music is international. It's understood everywhere. Um, huge in art. Um Belarus is actually known for its harvesting of potatoes. And if you know that most vodka comes is derived from a potato. So 
you know, uh, Belarus is known for so much. I mean, we have we have culture, we have galleries. I mean, it's very very full of culture, food, people. But my parents wanted a much better life for sister and I and for themselves so they decided to embark on the journey and we immigrated to America well what were your folks doing back in in Minsk what that uh, they said hey let's uh let's let's pick up our tent poles and head over to that place we have no idea about but people say that there's milk and honey over there and gold is pouring from the streets and uh, the rivers flow you know with wine uh, you know over there in america but what were they doing in minsk that that they said uh no this is too hard let's go try something else what were your parents up to well anti-semitism was very very strong and still is uh, a lot to to an extent and it, you know, it was a lot stronger back then. And my father, mother, both of them wanted opportunities for myself and my sister that they never got just because of the structure of the government. And my father, Russia, was an engineer. And my mother, Russia, was an accountant. And I give them so much um, respect that when we immigrated to the United States, they continued on in those professions where I know some other people that immigrated from other countries because of language barrier or other obstacles, they had to take other types of jobs. But that just goes to show the type of work ethic that I come from, that failure is not an option, and you have to succeed, and you have to work hard, and, uh, you know, we teach our children by example, not by lecture. Yeah, that's the stereotype. You watch a lot of those movies from the 70s and the 80s. You'll see the the, the Eastern European uh, man that comes that's at the school. He's a janitor. Oh, in Russia, I was a doctor. You know, that, that's right. the caricature. But I'm, but your parents obviously instilled that uh, work ethic into you because y- you are all right. You're not just one thing. You're not. OK, I'm looking at you. The people that are watching the video version of this podcast are going to see that you're obviously a beauty queen. Uh, you've cultivated that. You've made that. That's become a part of you. You, uh, But that is a, a stepping stone into other things that you are interested in uh, helping right. people for one thing. But uh, you already told me that you were a, a, a radiologist, a, a radio X-ray tech uh, tell, part, because I was a, a paramedic back in in Key Largo way way back in my twenties, uh, so oh, many wow. years ago. <laughs> I am what you call a shiro, a super shiro in scrubs, as the way they call us now, fighting the pandemic on the front lines. I am an X-ray tech, or what they call. A radiologic technologist. And part of what we do is instrumental. We capture the image of the lungs. And as you know, this horrible pandemic, it ravages the uh, lungs. And when we get a chest x-ray, we're able to see, you know, we can't diagnose the images, but can show the doctors and they can diagnose the images and they communicate that information with the patient and the information that we provide is very much part of the entire care of oh. what we do in an emergency care setting. Oh, but you can diagnose. Okay, one of the thrills that I had working in the hospital for, I think I was there for 10 years, but and it was mm-hmm. the middle of the night. I would work the, I was a tech 
in the ER, and we mm-hmm. we'd go to the X-rays, and we, you know we'd get them, uh, get them from the X-ray techs, take them to the radiologist, and put them up on the on the wall for him to look mm-hmm. at, and then uh, mm-hmm. you know he'd look at them, you know, us- usually while we're standing there, you know, I, I, we'd have to wake him up first because it's the middle of the night, you know, it, it, right. hey uh, doc, wake up, can you read these uh, X-rays? And mm-hmm. he'll go, uh, it looks fine, you know, but then I'd go, uh. What about this hairline fracture here? Oh, yeah, that's the hairline. Good, good catch. Good catch. Back to bed. (laughs) That's outside the scope of my practice. Um, You know, I know what my eyes see, but they're not trained to make a clear diagnosis. Only the radiologist can actually do that. Yes, by law, the radiologist has you know has more schooling and supposedly better eyes. No, but that was just one time in ten years that hey, he missed a little hairline. It was the tiniest thing. Yes, anybody could have missed it on a glance. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was the thrill of a thrill of my life with the X-ray. You know, in the X in that field that you're in. My only anecdote that I have uh, for X-ray teching. When you did something, when you um, you did something, you had that personal status quo. I made a difference in this person's life. Had it not been my set of eyeballs, the radiologist or another doctor or another provider might have missed that. And that personal satisfaction that I was telling you about, that warm and fuzzy feeling, those are the the moments that I get. And I live for that. I love, I, I just love humanity. Yeah, just in that job that you do, x-ray tech, uh, people think, right. oh, what does an x-ray tech do? Just take pictures? Well, essentially, <laughs> essentially, you're taking pictures from the inside, but those are the most, uh, some very important pictures. Uh, you Correct. know, so, some of the old country doctors can lay their hands on you and tell you, oh, I think you got pneumonia just by touching you, but you're going to let them know for sure. I mean, this is, uh, these are important jobs. Do you work in the middle of the night or are you a day shifter? So I work nights at one facility and I take call at another facility. So I'm always working. Always, always working. Oh, I used to like the night shift. Seven to seven, three days a week. Uh, no bosses bothering you. And, you know, the x-ray tech was, I guess, the one in our hospital in Miami. Uh, we They would line them all up, you know, at one time, you know, take a little nap, you know, rest their eyes a little bit. And line them all up in the hallway, x-ray, 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 boom, done, take a little nap, <laughs> you know, and that, that, when I tell people, when people say, hey, I want to be a nurse or I want to be a tech, I say, go work in the ER at night, because uh, that's right, treat them, exactly. uh, uh, treat them and street them, treat them, treat them, there you go. <laughs> oh, you're taking me back. Oh, these are, and, and, um, you know, we laugh and we giggle, but we know these are important jobs. We definitely yeah. are helping people in, in their most extreme times. I was working in a hot, in a, an emergency room in Miami, very mm-hmm. busy hospital, you know, very busy. And, and I, I remember, you know, not, you know, broken legs, broken arms, gunshots coming through people oh, having, yeah. having all kinds of problems and without yeah. the x-ray tech, you know, and yeah. anybody, everybody in that, in that emergency room, all working together, like a 
well-tuned machine. Now, are you in the uh, ER or, or wait? I guess I guess X-ray is everywhere in the hospital, right? Right. Um, where I work nights, usually um, right now, especially with the pandemic, if anybody comes in and they exhibit certain signs or symptoms that the provider feels is necessary, a chest X-ray is part of the routine that's ordered just because it's a way how to rule, rule something out or take a look at it. I mean, there's other testing, you know, there's like the, the swab in the nose and then there's other pills and triage. But like I said, I'm just so honored to be part of the overall care team. And, you know, um, it's, it's hitting us hard. This whole pandemic is it's hard on everybody. Um, so uh, I guess to ask you as I know that you're in a different state than I am how are you and how's how are you holding bar well in Arkansas it feels like uh, business as usual we've uh, we have a a republic it's so funny how how uh, politicized uh, a a, a pandemic can become or any disease you know uh, part of the government wants to hold on to their power and make it bigger the other part wants to I I think it all wants to get big but that's political but we have we happen to have a Republican governor and he's done an amazing job I'm Mm -hmm. I'm somewhere down the middle uh, politically but he's done an amazing job where we wear masks uh, but we still get to go out and play. Uh, just recently, exactly. Oh, that's a fancy mask. It is. It is. I have a friend of mine who is uh, working very well with me, and I'm in the process of trying to get a couple fundraisers going. And you know, what girl does not like Chanel? These are so super. Cute. So, I mean, I'll get back to that later on. But I just had to throw that in there because I think it's so important that. Um, I mean, we're seeing things about this pandemic on a daily basis, but social distancing, those are, you know, people always refer to us as the, the he and the sheroes and scrubs. And they said, we're the frontline defense. Actually, we're not. The frontline defense is one of these. People need to wear a mask. But, hey, don't sell yourself short. Know your worth and add tax. Uh, you you are the first line of defense. I remember working in the hospital. I would wear a mask. I would glove up. I never washed my hands more than working at a hospital. And before that, I was a firefighter in Key Largo. So, you know, I was always in the medical. But as a firefighter, you're, you're getting dirty. You get, uh, you come out smelling like smoke and dirt. But then when you go to the hospital, ooh, everything's so pristine, clean. Yeah. Uh, I, we had a. I had a doctor in the ER. He used to say uh, cleanliness is number one on uh, people's satisfaction survey list in the hospital. Uh, A proper diagnosis, probably eh, number eight, somewhere around there. But they want to see that hospital clean. They want the people pristine. Wash your hands, people. Wash your hands. You should have been doing that a long time ago. But we're jumping right. way, way forward. My goodness, we need to get back to, to 1980 when this little girl from Minsk comes back, <laughs> you know, with her family. And, and dad's working as an engineer and mom is a, a mathematician. Is that right? No, she's a... Um, an accountant knew it was something mm-hmm. with numbers uh, you of know uh, you know but seven years old in flatbush the only thing i know about flatbush is watching the lords of flatbush uh back uh, one of a, a 70s film <laughs> and they were talking about those ladies on that side of the street and the uh pharmacists on the other side of the street pharmacist oh, yeah. you know like 
you it's it's real you know and but uh, again culture shock coming from a different country different culture different understanding i didn't know was i mean my parents had enough understanding they were like we don't know they were like all of america can't be like this. so they had enough to they're like we we gotta you know lead dodge and go somewhere else where it's better for to raise two girls yeah two girls now are you the oldest girl or the youngest girl the oldest i have a younger sister she also resides here in maryland well that was a uh, pretty responsible you you're seven year old and you're taking care of your little sister you not only mm-hmm. have to look out for yourself in this crazy town and not to disparage anybody who's out there in flatbush hey new york i like new york i've never been north of the mason dixon really i need to get to new york myself you're uh, beautiful i gotta tell you the food the uh, uh, let me tell you, I know coffee, bagel, pizza. If you go to New York and you don't have those or all three missing out, you got to go to the Diamond District. You got to go to the shopping district. I mean, there's so much the New York. It's just such an eclectic area of culture and music and style and dance and everything. It's like I think it's. It's the, the birthplace of of just everything fabulous. New York is, you know, awesome. Who doesn't love New York? I have t-shirts saying, I love New York. <laughs> I got to humbly disagree. I don't think it's the birthplace, but it's definitely the melting pot. Because yes. as you said, when back in Minsk, you had your own certain cultures with your own certain foods. And that mm-hmm. I feel like wherever you go, the first thing you want to do is taste their food. Yes. Look at their art. Look at the paintings. Look at the buildings. Oh, look at the structures that they've built. But the right. food, that is like one of the first things is how you can judge a culture, you know, how satisfying their palates are. And so tell me about the food of Minsk. What, what's the, the best food out of Minsk? What's your favorite Minsky food, Belarusian <laughs> food? Well, um, our staple is potatoes everything that we eat has potatoes somehow in it of course everybody always likes to stereotype and say oh borscht because it's a russian soup yes it's a very common popular russian soup but it's not the only thing. my mom used to grandmother used to make fresh meal every day so we grew up in a very very um like a traditional way mm-hmm. where you know, breakfast was fresh, lunch was fresh, fresh. Um, you know, here in America, everything is to-go, Uber, microwave, yada, yada. So a traditional Russian meal would be, we love caviar. We do. And you would usually have caviar on a, like a, a, a blintz, or I guess we call them in the United States. With a little bit of butter and a little bit of caviar, that would be like a nice breakfast, a nice uh, black Russian tea. Just to be stereotypical, lunch would be, you know, heartier, something, some type of a stew, like a meat and a potato stew. Uh, we don't really have, like, uh, meals. There's stuff called pilmeni, which is kind of like Russian-style ravioli. And it's, uh, of course, if you go regionally, different. You speak to somebody who, let's say, came from Siberia or somebody came from Moscow, and, you know, you sit down at uh, a table, the variations will be slightly different. 
right? Just like if you go to Texas and you order New York style pizza, I can promise you that pizza from Texas is nothing like New York style pizza. <laughs> and I'm just using that bowl. That although the the food is similar, it's a little bit different from region to. No, I get we, it. Uh, Belarus is very known for its amber. Amber is a type of stone, and it comes from, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's. Um, I forgot the. Sorry, I forgot the word. It's not molasses, but it's it comes. It's a it's a, a mineral found in the world. On Earth, I, I think uh, we know the amber from Jurassic Park, uh, with the it. the uh, the fly was stuck in the amber, or, or the mosquito was stuck in the amber, and and that's how they got their dinosaurs. But I want to back right. up to some of this food. I need some explanations. I, I'm a little, <laughs> a little bit of a fat boy, and I like some food. Uh, what is borscht? I've heard of it. Borscht I don't know what it is. is. Oh, sure. Borscht is a traditional red beet soup. It comes with beets, and it's made with dock, usually some of um, uh, meat. And in there, you throw some potatoes. Um, it cooks up. It boils up. Some regions add different types of lentils or rice or depending on anything. Dill is a constant. Like, we put dill everything. And sour cream. Yeah. So, after the after cooks you put it in a nice presentation nice plate and you put the sour cream on top kind of cool down the temperature and you mix it up and now the soup looks like pink color but it is so good served cold or served hot or served warm both okay some some regions like it hot some like it cold we always had it hot because my grandmother God rest her soul. She used to always say, you need to eat hot food. Like hot food needs, you need, that's how you wake your body up. You need to eat hot food. That's a good, that's a good lesson, grandma. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then what is a caviar? What, what, what does caviar come from? I have an idea, but I don't, uh, I'm not sure what it is. Caviar is basic terms. It's fish. Fish eggs. Right. Now, is and this something that you get out of a can or does dad come home from, from fishing and tear open a fish and give you some and caviar say that to a russian person oh no 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 no. (laughs) the the caviar we like usually comes from a fish called the sturgeon and it's the black caviar it's the thin pearls but also uh, the caviar comes from salmon which is red and the area that part of russia in the sea the the area that's very very common for those especially for the sturgeon fish to live that's where the caviar is harvested from from that fish i must have had caviar at some point in my life must have had if you've been to sushi like a little sushi bowl and it looks like little sesame seeds on top but it's not sesame seeds that's caviar yep and i think i've had some on a cracker and it's not bad. And, and I mean, I'm a little partial, but yeah, I grew up. not too shabby. All right. No. So that's the food of Belarus. That's the typical mm-hmm. meals of Belarus. Now, when you went to, to New York, uh, was the family still eating that way? Or were you bringing in some of that pizza and some of that bagel? It was a little, like I said, it was a huge culture shock. And it, you know, when in Flatbush is not known to have a Russian community. 
there's a huge Russian community, Brighton Beach. But again, being new to the land and the country, you kind of have to figure stuff out. So we had to, you know, meet other people and learn, learn the language. And we discovered some restaurants and some stores that carry food that was uh, rem- reminded us of our hometown. And of course, there's something super nostalgic about eating something comfort food from your childhood even to this day like you know if I get sick I don't feel well I'll make a chicken soup with my grandmother used to make it for me and I'll just cuddle up and I'll just have my soup and I just feel all better that's uh, that is correct Bella Levy now I'm (laughs) from Miami Florida which is the biggest suburb of New York and uh melting pot you know all that i'm half cuban so i grew up on coffee bustello coffee and if bustello wants to give me a sponsorship go ahead uh throw me some ducats uh you know cafe bustello then i moved to conway arkansas just a little bit north of little rock arkansas in the i know miami technically is more southern but Conway, <laughs> Arkansas is the South, the deep South, the Civil War South. And I asked at the grocery store at the local Kroger, hey, do you have any Bustelo uh, coffee, some espresso? And they looked at me like I was an alien. But mm-hmm. I, I asked and I asked and I asked and they were very accommodating. And now I believe that my local Kroger carries uh, espresso from Bustelo because of me. And I drink it almost every morning, uh, you know, and that's a, my that's my little taste of home that I bring with me. So I understand all that every morning. My, my parents live in Boca Raton, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I like Boca. That is a great place to um, retire. So that's the 13th commandment. Thou shalt retire and move to Boca. You know that, right? <laughs> I told you South Florida is the biggest suburb of New, of New York. Uh, a New Yorker's favorite wine. I want to go to Florida. Yeah. If you go down there and you see a little delicatessen that says New York style pizza, you better believe it's New York style pizza because that's where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Miami, you can definitely do that. At, at South Florida, you can definitely do the south of West Palm Beach down. That mm-hmm. is South Florida. Any oh, other yeah. place is is really South Georgia or South Alabama oh. or South. You know, it, you got to go West Palm Beach down. That's uh, that's South Florida. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I kid the people of Florida. It's many different pe- different regions, uh, far up and down. It's a big state, a really yeah. long state, kind of like Texas. We mentioned you mentioned Texas earlier, going from the east side of Texas to the west side of Texas. Yeah. That's a thousand miles. That's a thousand. That's, right. that's a lot of that's, distance and a lot of right. different cultures, a lot of different tastes, a lot of different styles. But. Yes. Uh, so you got out of Flatbush after how many years? Did you actually go to one of the PS schools uh, in in New York uh, in Flatbush? I think we were there just for under a year because my father got it together very quickly and realized that's not where you want to raise small children. And we moved to Maryland. Oh, these are smart people. You know, I could no, I could tell no. already. Yeah, they they spent some time in school and and put some uh, put some smarts in their noggins. But uh, Actually, you, yeah, like uh, it's like, do you remember the story Fievel coming to America? So when I tell you the story, imagine playing that music in the background, like legit, like straight legit. This is exactly what happened. So um, my father wrote to my grandma Tom at the time, and she said you know you have cousins in 
And my dad was like, she's like, okay, let me see if I can come. And they found out that they lived here. And so the cousins drove for Thanksgiving. I'll never forget. They drove in this beautiful red Corvette. I'll never forget it. Convertible, not Corvette. I'm sorry. And to me, when I saw that, it was like, it was a dream come true because I've never seen a car like that before. I mean, where come from? You know what I mean? Um, and they said, here in America, it's a big uh, holiday called Thanksgiving. We want to invite you so you can come to Maryland, come to our house, meet the rest of our family. Now this, the oldest of five siblings came to get us. So we spent Thanksgiving in Maryland. My father saw that the park here actually had grass <laughs> as opposed to a park in New York was just like streets. Why they call it a park, he, we still don't know, but it is what it is. So, um, you know, my dad saw Maryland. My dad saw how green it was, how lush it was. My dad saw this would be a perfect place to start raising a family. I, I was seven and my younger sister was three. So we were still very little. And my dad knew that we would have a better chance of doing, having the American dream in an area where you didn't have the girl on one side and the, the pharmaceutical sales on the other. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> no, but you got to Maryland. Uh, you know, you're still, you're seven years old, seven, almost eight years old. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm almost eight years old. You know, <laughs> that's what little kids do. They, they want to get to that next age, you know, but <laughs> I'm this many, but I'm going to be this many in just a couple of months. Uh, but <laughs> but you, you're there, you're young. I'm guessing that the, the parents, you know, got jobs right away with their skills and, uh, mm -hmm. and you start school. Uh, what are you, what are you learning in school? Are you making lots of friends? Are you popular? Are you, are you, uh, doing some sports, playing a little, uh, doing some cheerleading maybe? What, what are you doing in school? Well, actually school for me was because if you remember the eighties was the height of the iron curtain. That's when relationships between former USSR is called now. Now it's called Russia, but back then it was called um, the former USSR. The relationship with them and the United States was not the best. So when the kids found out that I was Russian, you know, kids repeat what they're taught at home. So it was hard for to make friends. And I was bullied a lot because I looked different. I mean, my hair is curly. I'm short. I speak a different language. I eat different food. I don't understanding. You know, it was, it was hard to adapt. So I just kind of, you know, kept to myself and you know, had to get through it. Meanwhile, all now, the, all the older uh, men and women are saying the curly hair they're gonna love that when you get older you're gonna appreciate your looks you're gonna grow into your into your looks and, and my goodness you yeah. just you know you're always so awkward trying to find your your way in the world and if you're the slightest bit different kids That's are gonna right. nail you uh, you know oh, the kids are cruel so i mean were you getting picked on like physically or or just uh getting yelled at or did you get dumped in a trash can <laughs> you know any, well, i didn't get dumped in the trash can <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank god for that but you know sometimes words can be worse than physical actions yeah yeah um, i think you know uh, you know boys of course boys are boys and you know they mature at a different rate than girls and do you remember the old trick where you used to take like a straw and you used to take paper off the straw then used to 
you know, put it inside the straw and like blow it out like that. And my hair is a little bit more tame now, but back then it was like this. So if I was like this, my hair would go like that. I mean, I had a lot of it. So this group of, of young gentlemen would think it would be really cute in the lunchroom to sit behind me and throw those balls in my hair and watch me try to pick it out because my hair was so curly. It was, it was hard to do that. Oh, so, curly hair is perfect. Perfect for spitballing. Perfect. Oh, you got it. You know, I would come home and I would, you know, I would try to say like, like the kids are mean, but I saw how hard my mom was trying to, um, uh, assemble and create a better for my sister and I, I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to tell them I'm going through because they're having a hard enough time dealing with that. So I, I suppressed it for a very, very long time. And I just thought that's just the way it's supposed to be. I didn't come to be larger than life personality till much later. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you're a little kid in Maryland. You got some cousins from Belarus. That's got to make you feel a little bit better. So well, you spend a lot yeah. of time with them. I had cousins from America, but I had no way how to communicate with them because we didn't have the language. Oh, so they were already from, uh, they were already born second, they third generation, second, maybe? Second or third generation. Yeah. yeah. I'm third yeah. generation Cuban. I know the blood is starting to thin. My Spanish is terrible, so broken. You know, it was, it was enough uh, down in Miami to to do a, a bilingual radio station. So I would do oh, two wow. songs in English and two songs in Spanish. And then when I would right. speak on the microphone, it was uh, broken Spanish. You know, uh, the, yeah, it was it was that way. But I'm guessing you you still still speak Russian very well. I do. Ooh, that's got to help you in life. The Spanish th that I do know that I've kept and kids learn a second language. It'll get you jobs that you're not qualified for uh, my whole life. Oh, you speak Spanish? Oh, yeah. Come on in. But I, I don't even know how to do this. Uh, it's terrible. I'm I'm losing it. Yeah, but uh, I, I I have quite a few Mexican restaurants around here, so I get to talk mm -hmm. with the Mexicans around, and they speak Spanish much better than my Cuban Spanish for sure. No disrespect well, to the Cubans the out there. Setting, working in a hospital setting, you almost have to speak the language, and I find it. Um, I love the fact that I can communicate with somebody that comes in not knowing the language what's going on people are coming at you with all kinds of things i can relate to that because i was that kid yeah. i was that person i was the immigrant that you come to a foreign land and you don't feel good people are talking to you and here's the funny thing i found out about some people when you don't speak the language they speak louder to you and i'm like i'm not deaf i just don't understand what Ed, it's not that i can't hear you you can in increase the decibel 35 million ways. I still know in the end day. <laughs> <laughs> I think they learned that in movies and cartoons. Uh, I have -o, a herd -o in my side-o. Right. <laughs> to this day, um, well, now when I go to work, I'm all covered up. Like when my, day, my typical day starts at work, I wear a 95 mask. Then I wear another mask on top. Then I wear a shield, which I'm going to tell you about a shield. Uh, 
my friends at View Shield that found out about me. This is so awesome. I'll show it to you. I'm going to open it while I while I tell you about it. Yeah. So I wear shield and then I wear the, you know, the gown. So when people see me at work, all they do is just see the eyeballs. Wait, where's the room for the clown, uh, the, the crown, uh, Bella? I, I know you got to wear well, that to work. I can't. They don't let me. They don't let me. But first of all, so my friends from this shield company, right? This hold, is the hold, best shield ever on the market. Holding and up a box from open. View Shield oh. for the people that are listening to the audio only. V-U-E Shield. V- V-U-E Shield. And it comes like in a nice bag. And it's so pretty. And when you come out, Look at it. It is gorgeous. Oh, my and goodness. It doesn't weigh anything. It's so lightweight. It is so lightweight. And when you put it on. Wow. It puts on like like glasses, like sunglasses. Like, you feel like you're on the moon. But I'm telling you, it's, I don't know if you can see it sideways. Oh, yeah. Sideways. Yeah. So, it, it's, most masks fall short because they stop here, but this kind of concave. So it keeps what you need to do. So it keeps this together. It keeps this together. You can still see the tiara. Oh yeah. It looks like a shield uh, from, from a, uh, from a spaceman, a spaceman shield. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could show you it's so thin and literally you can't feel it because with the N95 and the other mask, Lord knows there's enough on here, but I love the fact that you communicate to your patients and first of all it's anti-fog yeah. so it doesn't have to worry about it because unfortunately when most patients see you this is what they see yes you know it's hard it's hard one of the Sorry, podcasts had- no one of the podcasts that i'm listening to it's amazing how much you lip read while you're listening you're some people yeah. you know they've they've gone deaf over the years especially as your hearing goes a lot of people lip read and you need to have that i, I could see teachers using a few shield like that like that because the kids they get scared uh, of seeing somebody in a mask you yes. want to see a face yeah and it's so important so like i said i love my friends here they are you shield um they found out about me. I found out about them. We talked and they sent it to me and love it. I love it. I use it when I go out. I use it when I'm, well, I don't know. I'm talking to you. I'm using it. Yeah. If I go out in public and people can still see me, you could wear your makeup. Well, not you because you're a guy. Don't do that. But if Why you not? Do, that's okay. Why not? You got a problem with that? I, I, was, not, I, I forgot I, to put my eyeliner I, on today. Oh, I, I need to put some list sticks. I have a show. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, I've, I've been through a lot of masks, and that is probably the best. And again, everybody should check this out. Yep. It, it, the best. This the portion of the broad, podcast brought to you by View Shield, V-U-E, by Joe Doucette. Doucette? Uh, Joe Doucette is the, the designer. And if you go on the website on Instagram, all about him and he'll tell you the story of how he came up with it and it is amazing i'm telling you i've never ever found a map that was so light and you put it on and it's clear and you don't feel that's the thing it's so lightweight well it's amazing the fashion accessories that we have to talk about in 2020 love- and here we are i love christian louis vuitton 
don't judge. Every princess needs one. And when you first open it, it's that brown box. And you get all these like, <laughs> three batons of masks. So you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so I'm guessing Joey Doucette is a, an engineer like your dad, right? Correct. Correct. And he... And I, I guess you're looking him up while. No, I'm not. I'm looking at you. I'm not. I have my <laughs> hands here. My my hands have not left the end of my hand, uh, my arms. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm getting all my information from you. Whenever I do these podcasts, I want to learn from the person and stay engaged with the person that I'm talking to. And Bella Levy, I'm learning from you, man. I've I've learned about Belarus. I've learned about X-ray techs. I've learned about the cool shields. Uh, have mm-hmm. Have you um? Okay, my one of my friends, uh, who's a nurse down at Jackson Memorial in Miami, she got her her uh covid 19 shot i i don't remember which uh, if she mentioned which one it was it was the moderna or the um i guess maybe johnson and john or the biontech i i don't know which one she took but she she had a certificate for her first one have you taken these uh the uh any the vaccination or are you going to Um, that is still on the fence about it um we are highly encouraged as frontline warriors to take them there's different different companies that do make them i think pfizer is one of them don't quote me wrong but the protocol is you get a shot they monitor you for about a half hour and then you get another shot two weeks later and that should complete the the process so at first i was kind of on the fence about it but then i started thinking about it and um i think i will go ahead and get the shot only because the only thing I ever want to bring home from work is a paycheck. <laughs> and a little, a little light went a bling from your teeth. Ding. That, <laughs> that's right. Like, cause I'm telling you, when this pandemic, I didn't know what was going on, and I, you know, created like a bunker, and I had like a whole system. Like, I come in the house, and you know, I t- I would tell my kids, um, I got to wash the hospital off, you know, and you take everything off and, and you're just horrified because you're fighting something that's invisible. And at the time when this happened, which was, I think at the time that um, I reached out to you or you reached out to me, I wasn't sure because this was when I was revving up for the last year. We didn't really know too much about this, except for the fact that, you know, you're, you're fighting like a deadly thing and it's literally annihilating half the planet yeah yeah you know yeah when i come in off the streets i immediately wash the covid off me same 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 idea but yeah you know okay so well before before bella levy became fabulous and and a beauty queen you were (laughs) you know you were in maryland uh, you know Mm -hmm. shaping uh who, who you become today how did you be, uh, get out of that awkward stage where the kids were picking on you for your curly hair and your and your Russian accent and your you know to, to get how did you get out of that awkward phase? What who was instrumental in in pushing you in the right direction and what direction did you go in uh, cr- cruising through school? Um, I just knew that I just needed to study, and I I was a, a nerd like a straight out legit geek nerd which brings me to my next subject which i'm gonna tell you that's right how so uh tell me about your nerdiness right i like i love math and because if you understand math and you understand science and you understand physics you understand the world because that's what it all if you understand how those principles work alike 
It's like nobody can explain physics except math because you can't just see physics. You know, physics is explainable by math. Math is international. Anybody can, you know, two sticks equals four sticks and two stones equals four stones. You know, everybody understands what that is. You don't need to speak a certain language. And I developed a friendship with um, one of my classmates and, you know, as time goes on, sometimes, you know, you lose contact, you gain contact. And then through uh, Facebook, we were able to reconnect and, you know, with a lot of my classmates. And um, I told her what I was doing for the pageant. She was so excited. She was very supportive of me. And she decided to sponsor me pageant last year in D.C. And as a result of her contribution, I was awarded the uh, sponsorship award because, you know, me being who I was and my platform at the time was woman empowerment because I do, I did believe in that. And I still do that. I believe that when women come together for a greater purpose than themselves, amazing things happen. Just amazing, amazing things. What do you think of Kamala? I think the fact that she is the first vice president, the first woman of color, the first minority is such a breakthrough for women all around. I, like I said, I don't talk religion because people can feel very specific in certain ways, but the fact that she is living history, I love that. Oh yeah. I don't talk religious or religion or politics either, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, you're Jewish. Uh, let me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, my uh, my grandfather, he was a Jewish Cuban, a Juban. Oh. I never got bar mitzvahed. I, I always felt like I got cheated on that. But I, oh, no. I, I DJ a lot of parties in, in West Palm Beach, uh, oh, you know, yeah. a, a lot of bar mitzvahs I, I, I got to uh, to be a part of in, in on yeah. the uh, on the turntables as part of the yeah. entertainment. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that, man. But uh, all right. The. Uh, no, no religion or politics. That's funny, but you have to if you're a part of this of this uh, uh, of any of, of the harm of the human race. Uh, religion and politics is going to affect you in some way, whether you believe it or not. <laughs> right. You know, and if it's it's a part of you, if if, if something shapes you, I've had people that that have uh, preached a sermon on this podcast, and I go preach on, do it, I, do your thing, tell me about your. Yeah, <laughs> I want to show you my pageant. Book, and I think I left it upstairs when I was getting ready. Can I kindly ask you to excuse me for two seconds? Do, 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 My friends made for me. Yeah, no, I, man. Ah, so far so good. This is great. I, um, I apologize for anyone that's listening. Uh, some of the, the audio might be spotty, uh, because I'm in a, a new place, a temporary place that has uh, really patchy internet. So, but uh, so far so good. I'm getting, I'm getting the the main the main points of Bella Levy, and she, man, she is stylish. I like that crown. So, if you're listening to the audio version, go check out the video version on YouTube. Now, that, that might take a while for me to upload it. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, no, no. <laughs> No way. I was just uh, entertaining myself, talking about my, my spotty internet that I, I uh, currently have moved from a place that has great internet to a place that has patchy internet. But um, Miss Miss DC America, you got a yep. book. 
and I got the back cover. What? And let me show you a couple other pictures. I actually had the support of the veterans. Oh, that is beautiful. All of these can be found on my social media pages. I am on Instagram and um, Facebook. That's also another one of me. With your full name, Isabella. Now, do you go by Isabella or Bella mostly? I like Bella because it's a family name. And honestly, people see the Z and they want to call me Elizabeth. Go figure. No, that's a beautiful way of spelling Isabella. Yeah. I can imagine your mom uh, when you were a little girl. Isabella. Go. It was Isabella. <laughs> oh, so it's been Bella your whole life then. It's a family name. So let me see what other pictures I had. Oh, and this was my favorite. This is a little bit of my story. What is happening? You scored. And this was important for me to outline because um, I that was my very first pageant. And how I got to that, I'll tell you shortly. And that was a little bit of bio about who I was. And the reason I selected Capitol Hill is because I was the president of my professional society. And we were... Um, I participated in a program called RT, meaning Logic Technologist, in D.C. And we were in Capitol because that's where you mold the decisions. So in this little book was a little bit about me and who I do. And then I loved this picture. I loved it. That is amazing. It kinda, yeah, it just kind of shows, you know, my duality about, you know, what I was about and what I was doing. Girl, that picture that looks like you can hawk whatever item, you know, whatever you were holding in your hands, people are going to go buy that, you know, because that, that's a photo that's quality, uh, you know, you, Listerine, Lysol, uh, makeup, whatever you're holding, I'm going to buy some of that. Uh, that's quality. I love the way you think. You oh, know? high quality, high quality. So Oh, but, yeah, there but how did you make it? I, okay, when all right, you were math nerd, you were a science nerd. You get out of of, of school. Uh, were you you know that straight A student? Were you, were you were you kept to yourself? And and did you have uh, do you have any friends that you made out of school that that? Uh, I mean, now that we're you know as adults, and now that we're all parents, and now that we're smarter, we reconnected and actually I had one young lady reach had no idea who she was and she sent me a message on Facebook messenger and she said you probably don't know who I am but I know I treated you really poorly and I just want to say I'm sorry and I don't know who she was I felt like you know you know if, if it's like if you were not in a click you just were not in a click and it was just hard for me to kind of find my own way so I kind of dived in to the mathematics and into the physics, but my number one love was poetry. And I love writing poetry. I love it, love it, love it. Another I facet love of Bella. We got to explore yeah. this. Oh. Tell me about the poetry. Um, I can write about anything. And I'm a Piscean. So my my actions are sometimes governed by my emotions. I'm a very, I'm a very much of an empath too much sometimes too much but i write about my emotions my feelings and i think that was very therapeutic for me was to write a poem about how i was feeling because i felt like um i didn't come home and tell my parents what was going on because they were trying just to you know make it you know what i mean working and trying 
to sustain life and to come home and say, oh, I had a bad day because some kid picked on me. In the grand scheme of things, that was not a priority for our family time. A priority at the time was, you know, dad is out there working, mom is, they're trying to take care of bills, they're trying to, you know what I mean? Just like every day, everybody always tells you that it's an American dream, which is true. America is probably the, the, not probably, is the best country to have that dream come true. And you can have whatever you want to work for, and that's it. Yeah, it's not going to be handed to you. No. No, but, not at all. No, but you you were a smart kid to, to come home and, and be responsible and, oh, yeah, I had a rough day, but I'm not going to bother the, the parents with mm-hmm. that because hey, right. that, that takes a lot because most kids are, are uh, don't, don't have any idea about what their parents are doing and it's all about them you know it's really it really can be self-centered as a child and it and it should be to some extent it, it should right. be all about the kids you know if, especially mm-hmm. around their birthday and holidays and stuff yes they yeah. should get whatever they want spoil your kids rotten if you get a chance but you were smart you were a smart kid and you saw hey mom and dad were were just trying to make make their ends meet uh, and you you realize that even at that young age that all the bullying in school eh, it'll pass all that stuff will pass you stay stick I, with your studies i mean i mean don't get me wrong i just cried my face out believe it I, I can't be the only one you know there was a lot of other kids that were bullied and still are yeah. and i guess the the writing for me was so therapeutic and i guess later on in life part of a pageant was almost my own healing and trauma because I felt like I was never ex- yeah. as a ch- and the that led me to even you know take on something like this was I had a I was part of a trip called Momentum and it was a journey it was a seven day journey to Israel and I was connected with other moms and I was like okay Israel I definitely want to go that's I got my little necklace right here. I don't know if you can see it. It's super pretty. Because if it wasn't, I would never bought it. So obviously, and I wear it. (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever been to Israel before, but I encourage you have, you said? No, never been out of these these continental United States. Well, when all this COVID stuff clears up, my man, you need to go. (laughs) I'll explore the Jewish side of my roots, I guess. Head that way. And it's not just a Jewish thing, too. The the Mecca is yeah. for everyone. Uh, yes. When they tell you the most spiritual place on earth, it's true. I'm not too terribly religious. But I think very spiritual. Very, very. I've been, you know, vibrations and frequency and karma. And I, that's just how I, you know, I, I operate like that. So when we went to Israel and we went to the Kotel, which is another way of calling the Western Wall, and you put your hand on the wall and like this energy flows through you. And all of a sudden you're like, I got to do. And I came, I mean, I enjoyed my, my time. The food was amazing. People were amazing. I just fell in love. I felt like I was home. I came home, I unpacked and then I opened up, I think it was Facebook and I saw an ad saying, do you want to be the next queen? And I'm like, yeah, just just like that. Filled out the application, sent it off, no problem. And then I'm thinking, you know, like that the inner child in me is like, well, what are you doing? You know, like beauty queens are for pretty girls yeah, but, with straight ha- hair. But how long ago was this <laughs> that you were that you were applying for your first uh, pageant? What, how long ago was that? Last, last year. Okay. Yeah. Last year. 
2020. That's your first pageant ever? Ever in my life. Reverse? <laughs> you were this awkward kid. No. What are you I, doing? I know. I was a very awkward looking kid. I didn't. When I think of beauty queen, I don't look like them. You know, usually they are like this pop, gorgeous, tall, straight hair. Uh-uh. Let me emphasize straight hair. Skinny, very thin, um, you know, beautiful skin, blonde. That's one spectrum. And on the spectrum, you have like gorgeous African-American women. And I'm like, I don't look anything like that. You know, I, I oh, it's funny, but I always get mistaken for these are the cultures I always get mistaken for. Latina, Italian, Greek, um, Middle Eastern, and usually anything between them. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? First of all, I have a daughter that looks just like me. I mean, just like me. Lucky girl. <laughs> Thank you. Um, acts just like me, too. Which is, uh, but okay. she Gotta keep that fire. man straight. That's good. That's good, because she doesn't take no crap from nobody. And I good. love that he has that strong spirit. Like when she gives me that fire, not so much. When she gives it to someone else in the world, I, I'm not loving that. I'm like, you go, girl. <laughs> she got chutzpah. <laughs> yeah, you got you. You're right. You're you're so good about that. So I was like, you know what? I'll be an example for my daughter. But not only that, there has to be so many other cultures of women that don't look like the genet the the generic what you think of a beauty queen is. That wants to turn on the television and just say, she looks like me. Maybe I can do it. And that's why my platform was last year, Women Empowerment. Because women have to unite. When women come together, magic happens. Period. It's just, you know, you can come from different walks of life and different planets and countries. But when we all get to our common cause, we're good. Oh, that's fabulous. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know it was only one year. I figure you've been doing pageants ever since you were a kid, you know. Oh, uh, no. No. Grew up in this. I made it to the semifinal. I didn't place in the top four. The pageant was supposed to have been held at a place called the Kennedy Center, which here in D.C., it's like, you know, a big stuff. Like, Mm. they got the red carpet and everything. If you go on my Facebook, you'll see that video there. And, but due to this, you know, COVID thing, which is, I think, around the same time that I met you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, let me do a podcast like next week. And you're like, yeah, last, how about December? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know. I, this thing got busy. I started it yeah. ooh, a couple of years ago, and it just gets busier and busier. But I'm happy to talk to you. My goodness, this is great. So, so y- you were saying? Um, you know, I didn't make it to the top four. And I tell people that was like the worst, best day of my life. The pageant went, uh, it was it was viral, uh, virtual, virtual, virtual. Yeah, it was like a Zoom conference. So um, try to uh, imagine putting a production of that caliber on a Zoom type of um, protocol. So the, uh, the pageant director, I give her so much respect. He tried so hard to try to make it an experience for all of us. I've never been on a stage a day in my life. I was so my friend Sheila, the owner of Ooh La La Salon. She's been doing my hair forever. So her, both both her and Anne, um, they decided in the middle of a pandemic that we're going to shut down 
the entire salon and create a stage for me. They ordered black curtains and a red carpet. So when it was my turn, they tried to give me as much of the Kennedy Center experience as possible. And I was just so, you know, the hospitality and even hair salons are struggling because, you know, the COVID laws, you know, not you can't have like normal capacity. And he just stopped. She just said, oh, more people. I want you to have the run of the entire salon. Do whatever you want. And I was just like so touched. So the way that my morning started is I went to see um, my glam squad. And I went to see Axel Vargas. And he is an amazing amazing makeup artist and I'm going to use a colloquial that everybody will understand he snatched my face so good I looked like I was 20 it was amazing all right you're gonna have to explain you kids with your lingo uh what does he snatch your face it's it's a it's a way of saying like he made me look uh fabulous like the best you can look uh, using makeup techniques and such Oh, my God. I mean, just I can't say enough about him. And how I found out about him was through my friend Justina Prince, who is a local artist. And she also did Gigi McMillan, who's the founder of Purple Runway. And I started to slowly build my army. Actually, I can't take the credit. I, I started to slowly build my army. I think the people started to find out what I was doing. And they're like, we don't know what that girl's doing, but she got positive energy and she's trying to make things happen. Let's see what we can do. And I loved the support. Um, I actually got support from Sam Rodriguez, who's very, 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 very visible here in the DMV in the salsa community because I love salsa dancing. Because again, dance is international, just like music. And with his help, and as well as also the help of the Falero Band, they, um, wherever they performed, they allowed me to come on their platform and just to say a couple of words and, hi, I'm Bella, this is what I'm doing, and I would love to support. And the salsa community really embraced what I was doing, really, really did. And I was so grateful for, you know, all of that. And, you know, it, it just just to see how much people came out supported me. I, you know, especially being, you know, first time pageant. So then of course the pandemic hit and everything just got went upside down. So like I was telling you, I didn't make it to the top four and I literally was day because I was like, Oh my God, all this for nothing because I really wanted to make a difference, but I didn't know what type of I was making while I was, so I caught the eye of this lady who I hold in a very high regard. Her name is Andrea Harris, and she's a local movie producer, director, actor, writer, screener, I mean, everything. And she reached out to me, and she said, would you be interested in doing a movie? And this was like, the emotions were still raw from not even placing in the top four. I saw her message in my inbox for days. I don't even respond. Because I felt like I didn't want to face the world. Because I felt like I was like, oh, horrible. And finally, I was like, well, let me reach her. Thing. So I met up with her. She gave me a script. We read it. And I said, where do I audition? And she goes, you just did. And she gave me the part. 
of a character called Rosa Diaz. The movie was called um, Vengeance is Mine. And it's based on, I don't want to give it away too much, but I realized I had a voice because I was asking about my character. I said, well, this young lady, her name is Rosa. What is she? What did she do? Like, and I asked her and Rosa was supposed to have a different ending. And I said, you know, my platform is women empowerment. Can you not just be a statistic? So she was like, well, that's just the way the movie was written. Like, oh my God, I, I pissed off the You can do that. <laughs> Called me back a few days later said um email you i'm email you emailing you a news and i read it and i cried and i think for the first time i realized i'm like wow i have a voice like something i thought made a difference to me a movie is a message you know we all go to movies and we have like that good fuzzy feeling like oh they fell in love like that kind of stuff so the fact that i was part of something that was bigger than me i like that yeah, I didn't even know uh, until I perused, you know, I'm looking up some things. I, I don't really do a lot of research for these. I like to learn from you, but mm -hmm. you've done you've done four movies. Uh, when did that start? Three. When did you, you? Okay, three movies. But when did that start happening? Was that something that you've done for a little bit? Uh, well, the pageant was last year in July. Okay. And the very first movie I did was in August. Okay, so what was the what was the Operation Candlelight and the November Criminals? I, I don't. You know, I don't know where that came from. Okay. IBDM credit. Yeah. That's. The, but I also know that if you put if you Google Bella Levy, there's a whole bunch. Because I would have remembered being part of a movie like that. Okay, so that none of that was yours. So Vengeance is Mine was your first I, movie. Uh, no, yeah, Vengeance is Mine was my very first movie, and that was like in August. And then just um, a few months later, Andrea reached out to me again, and she collaborated with um, Pam Edwards. And it was, it was based on a real-life story called uh, Under His Control. And the fact that I was playing a care of somebody who had a real-life story, that meant so much to me. And I wanted to do the best that I possibly could. So the very first movie that I did, Ivala told my daughter she was going to be part of it because she was like, mom, I don't want any part of it. Like, yeah, well, my job as a parent is to expose you to everything. So she did the movie. I told her, but she said, mom, this is your dream, not mine. I don't want to do this ever again. And I respected her. You know, I really wanted to. Uh, I even like I'm very proud of the fact that I exposed her to that environment because you never know where a door or window can lead to. And she did it, and she did great, and the cast and crew received her very well. But she's like, Mom, okay, I'm good at it, but I don't like it. And I stopped right there. Well, you as a I parent, you're putting tools in their toolbox. That's what right. you're supposed to be doing. And she doesn't like it? Okay, next. Right. And I met some amazing people doing those two movies. I, I have some things written down, so I won't forget, because I can't forget. I know that this segment is called What Makes You Famous?, but I think it's really important to point out the people that helped me get to where I am. And like I always said, I am just a small seed. Well, like I just saw that I'm just a small little rhinestone. That's not seed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a small little rhinestone in the soil. 
And it's because of all these people's love and attention and uh, believe in me that I'm able to grow and, and, you know, be who I am. So on those two movie theaters, movie sets, you know, I was so lucky to work with Andre Harris and Pam Edwards and M- Money and Toby, Nakia Dillard. I was so lucky just to be just to name a few and, you know, Robert Blaze, just, there's just so many people. And I was so intimidated because here I am, I'm like, whoa, like, and like, you're famous. And I was like, I just don't. and I was, I was okay. It was new for, but I loved it. It was just, it, it opened a side to me that I never knew that I would love so much. So, um, on the day of the pageant, and well, I don't think well, it, it, on my Facebook, you'll see a couple pictures. I had this warm that wasn't natural. Trust my friend, Lauren Pizzo, is spelled pizza, but with an O. Pizza. She owns this amazing tanning service where she comes to your house, right? She will set up a tent. She will spray you and that's it. And I was like, oh my God, because I didn't want to go to a, a tanning salon because you get the like the yucky orange stuff between your hands and ugh, it's not fabulous but my girl she hooked me up so shout out to my girl lauren love her to pieces and um then the third movie was called bustin loose and the person that i don't know if i reached out to him or he reached out to me i don't remember but his name was romel morales and i played a office person and I, I think you saw on my Facebook that I was actually sitting there and I had, because I got shot. Well, I wasn't the only one. Everybody in the office got shot. And I'm not going to give away the movie. But again, I got to work with people that I've seen on TV. I'm like, oh my God, I've seen you on TV before. And like, you're here right in front of me. I was like, like I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, act, act right. And I'm like, well, how are you supposed to act when you meet somebody like super, super famous? And these people, so amazing, so humble, so normal, just welcome me into their thing. And, you know, the one thing that they've been telling me, they're like, Bella, you really have a good knack for this. You're really good at this. And I was like, you know, I love it. And I guess it's like a, a, a way that, you know, by acting, you get to escape. For me, doing the acting now, doing the pageant now, and also, I had to give a big shout out to my friend, Linda. She did my very first photo shoot. We were out in uh, Loudoun County, Virginia. Um, those things, believe it or not, help me cope with what's really going on in the world right now. I know it sounds crazy. I know it does. But I'm able to find and do what I need to get done. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like an escape. Bella, I love that you light up when you're talking about these things. If this is bringing you joy, I want you to keep on doing this. Uh, don't stop. And I know that it all be, it all comes from the energy that you felt in the Holy Land. You know, yeah. you take this trip. That was mm-hmm. a turning point in your life. Yeah. yeah, you've gone to school. You've got your next rate tech. You got some some smarts. You got a day job yeah. that that helps yeah. pay the bills. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then you you got there and you felt that energy. I I understand energy. I've I've worked on stages that are mm-hmm. old stages, and they put mm-hmm. me and my DJ equipment up there on that stage. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, 
B.B. King was up here. The Rolling Stones were up on this stage. Oh, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen was on this stage uh, while you know years ago, and I, and you could feel those energies. You know, I'm, I never, uh, and I know when I go to churches, you know, whether I believe in that religion or not, I could feel those energies. Uh, the really? old buildings, the old uh, then uh, the just history. People in my neighborhood, people in my social circle, just started coming out. They're like Bella. I'm not sure what you're doing, but how can I help? And when and when somebody says that to you, you're like, oh, my God, you believe in me. You know, even when I'm not sure of myself, but you believe in me. And I'm like, well, okay, let's, you know, let's collaborate. Let's work together. And I've had Prince, who owns the Mint Room, uh, deliver the and started. And it's like the best authentic Indian food ever in Howard. I'm telling you, it is uh, the best, obviously. And then my friend Iman from Kosheri, which is Egyptian food, did the same thing in the middle of a pandemic. She actually provided us on Mother's Day. She rolled up to the hospital and made sure we were all eating. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I, I, I had no words. First of all, I was happy that the community was reaching out, but I was also happy that I was able to share this platform with my fellow superheroes and she in scrubs and um i do have to say that now that i'm running for maryland uh janelle wright who's my pageant coordinator she's been so good she's been so good with me she's been helping me try to you know you live and learn you make mistakes um i'm surrounding myself with i have like a huge army of people that i just have to absolutely thank rick corrales is my uh He's done, doing such a great job for me. Just good job, Rick. I love it. Rodney Blanche is care of and helping me still learn the, the digital world and and the fact that, you know, he's trying to go out his way and helping me set up my own website, which should be up and running soon. And I want people to follow me on my social media. My Instagram handle is Belichka because Belichka in Russian is a, is a cute way of saying cutie pie or uh. like Belichka. It's like a, it's like nice way of saying in, in the fit way to call you like sweetie, uh, 2021. I thought it was and a funny way of selling, saying like Bella Chica without yeah. the I in there, but Belichka. Okay. I get it. Uh, cute way of saying, cause when, uh, my family, when they talk to me and they want to just let me know that they really love me, they'll say, and so instead of calling me Bella, they'll say Bellichka. And that Aww. makes you feel like, oh, sweet. It's like, um, I don't know how you say language. Like, oh, que linda. Que linda. That's right. How sweet is that? That now I now see it. Now I'm getting the another good vibe from you. That's that's what you're doing. You send out the good vibes, and the people want to gravitate towards you. That's fantastic. I met um, an amazing. He owns Ku Fitness. His name is Dameron Kirby, and he's helping me get pageant ready. And I love him. I saw him earlier today. So yes, my arms are hurting me. <laughs> but I love it. Or like me and him, we joke around like, oh, my God, it hurts so good. <laughs> and um, uh, then I ran into a local um, music person. His name is Ron G. Owns a clothing line called Role Model. And of course, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, I got to be part of that. So me and him are going to collaborate. And because my platform now is human trafficking, we are going to try to work together to try to create a separate project. 
I cannot forget my friend who gave me this mask. He has a pop-up shop. His name is Theodore, and he's going to help try to create more, except we're going to try to get them more geared towards, you know, human trafficking and try to get um, fundraising. And so I can be doing the things that I need to get done. Um, I am so to work with Kaidi, who is going to be this amazing. Well, I can't even, I'm not going to even let it out because it's a surprise, but you just, uh, you just, you'll have and you'll just follow my progress and you'll see what I'm talking about. Also, I can't forget my friend Aaron from Couch Chat who did my very first interview and I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? He was like, Bella, just be yourself. And it worked really, really well. One of the other things is um, I did mental modeling and I got the attention of Mr. Junior Vipent who owns Vogue Runway in New York and I was supposed to go down there month and we're gonna see what we can do over there you're heading back awesome. to new york <laughs> back to new york because i am five foot fabulous again models don't come my size models are usually like 5 11 and you know they don't look like me but I'm yes they do foot. obviously they do look you're a model hey they look like you <laughs> no, that's fantastic like Shannon Lanier and Michael Clark star and also my friend David Arm he wrote this book and he sent it to me and we speak all the time and he inspires me because that's he has a unique story so if anybody gets a chance to check out this book it's called Why Me and Dave Arm one of my Facebook friends he's doing such amazing things so now that I got all that out of the way, I wanted to tell you what I'm doing now. So now that I'm competing, for my platform is human trafficking. I, to me, is modern slavery. And to me, it is a plague, not only here in England, in the United States, but all over the world. And the system that I'm competing in, and here's my local crown, local thing, it's actually an international system. Oh, so Miss like Howard that. County? Howard County, that's where I reside in, correct. Um, human trafficking is not okay. It is not okay. Sorry, I don't want to get I don't want to get emotional, but I, I I just I can't not to because I feel so passionate about it. It's not okay to sell another human being. It's not okay to treat someone like they don't matter. It's not okay to not to devaluate somebody it's not okay to rip someone's someone from their family it's not okay to take a child away it's not those things are not okay and if i can find myself in a platform where i can bring awareness and education and i can help save one life just one i know i myself cannot stop human trafficking but if i can help save one life i would be okay with that i was actually privy to a conversation I was, you know, I, I watched how the whole story folded. And I was like, oh, my God. From the time that they discovered this young lady was missing till the time of they couldn't find her. And, you know, how her family could have, the emotion. I'm a mother. So the, I think the worst thing that any parent never have is knowing something happened to your child. So I felt very passionate about that. I feel that those people don't have a voice. And I reflected back to when I was that poor child and nobody spoke for me. 
and I find, find myself in a position where I can speak for somebody else. And no, I can't bring upon healing. I can't bring upon peace with the switch of a hat. I wish I could. But if I can help save one person, I, I would feel that paycheck of the heart that I was telling you about. I became an ambassador of hope national and they are an organization that deals with human trafficking i was so honored that they gave me the honor so i can continue with the education of the public and i can continue with trying to be for that um i was also part of hope work which is here in, in um, howard county and they deal with human trafficking at the local level and they invited me part of what's called red sand project and what you do is you go up to the office buildings and they give you a little bag of red sand like you remember when you used to go to the fair and they used to give you that little goldfish in like a bag and you're like oh this thing and then in the morning dead. but you know what i mean like I those it. type of like ziploc bags and then you would go to the county offices and you know uh most asphalt is made like by and you could actually google it it's actually beautiful the lady that created this project was actually a survivor so what you would do about a meeting with them tomorrow i believe you take this red sand and you pour it between the cracks and that's to signify that these people each grain of sand is a person in our society in our somehow fell between the cracks so when everything is done the entire road, like imagine the yellow brick road, but it's red. But just the significance of it. When I heard about that, I was like, I have to be, I have to find a way how we can make a difference. And I love the fact that I can educate and continue to educate my medical community, mandated reporters. And with what's going on now, maybe, you know, we're so busy, we don't see what to look forward to. But the fact that now I can share what I know with them. And like I said, if I can just save one life, that to me would mean. And that's um, one of the reasons. Hold on one second. That's one of the reasons. Can you hear me? Yes. Sorry. It was trying to call. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I chose the platform that I is. Because, I don't know, we as human beings have to love each other a little bit. We have to, I mean, look at this pandemic that's killing us. Look at the weather that's killing us. Look at everything that's killing us. Got to be so much kinder to each other. We, we just have to love each other. And if no one watches out for that little girl or little boy, then who's going to watch out for my little girl or my little boy? I have a son. I have a daughter. I'm very aware of what's going on. Oh, yeah. And I know in a time our world is uncertain, we have to heal it. We absolutely have. I don't want to have like a whole big kumbaya moment here. But, no, but there's so many people that don't know that there's still slavery in this world. Uh, you know, there it's mostly there's, little girls as far as I understand. But I think yeah. it, there's a lot of little boys that are getting taken and, and put yeah. into slavery as well. Uh, this human yeah. trafficking. So this is yeah. something that's getting brought to light. I've, I've seen a yeah. lot uh, uh, about this in recent times. I'm glad you're a part of it. But continue. Uh, and you know what? People feel uncomfortable when you start to talk about a topic that they don't want to talk about but you know what it's time it's time that we talk about 
the ugly humanity humans are beautiful people and there's so much humanity but there's ugliness and humanity too i find myself in a new role and you know i love this new platform of a pageant that gives me exposure that i can continue to fight for what is right because i as a mother i, I honestly d- don't even know how i would handle it have to be sedate in order to handle god forbid if somebody gave me bad news that something happened to my child <laughs> i really don't know how i would handle and if i know that's how i handle i don't want another that way no and then imagine that child scared alone awkward not knowing what's going on i know what that feels like immigrating to to this country and not knowing the land and just trying to just be quiet and what they they say just to get by and get through yeah i i know what that yeah so like i said i'm just an emotional person i'm a pisces and (laughs) i'm fabulous but i have i'm emotional too you know what you heard the (laughs) this is going to be so funny you heard the rap star cardi b Mm, yes yeah okay so i'll tell you why i like her i like her because her work ethic is amazing she hustles she does everything she always grinding she is working 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 um my, my daughter said mommy she curses too much which yes she does but she's expelled in the only way she knows how so she made a statement once that i loved and she said i'm an emotional gangster and i thought that was cute and i'm like yeah, because i could be gangster if i needed to be but i'm also very sensitive too and if i can find all these gifts that have been bestowed on me and like i said if i can make a different one person's life i would feel that fuzzy that you know that i was about so it's not me that makes me famous it's all these people <laughs> that help me that believe me told me it's okay you're okay we believe you you can do this and they deserve the recognition just as much as i do well bella levy belachka 2021 bella- uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you gave credit where credit is due. You gave Absolutely. shout outs to everyone. You know that it's not just you. It takes a village, uh, you it know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know I'm I'm one person, but I know that I need other people to get, right. you know, to get to places and we got to help each other along the way. Right. You know, there was a time in my life. I, I don't feel like I helped people as much as I could, but the older I get, I know I need to help more people. But you know, I wanted to tell you, if you're ever in this side of town, come March 6th, I would love for you to be my guest at the pageant. <laughs> well, that that, uh, that led me to my uh, w- one of my last questions as we wind this thing down. March 6th, that will mm-hmm. be your next pageant where you'll pr- be re- representing D.C. Uh, no, no, this is the county, Howard, Howard County. Or Maryland, Maryland. Maryland, Mrs. Maryland, the <laughs> international pageant that you're a part of. Uh, and That's I'm. Correct. Oh, my, you, I, you, you blew my mind when you said you've only been doing this for a year. And this year has been a whirlwind while everybody yeah. else is in a pandemic. You're making movies. You're, uh, you know, becoming a beauty and becoming more fabulous. And, and you're, you're helping people along the way as they give you items. You're making sure that they give, that you give shout outs for those items. Hey, this is a shield that this guy gave me. This is a mask I got. This is, you know. I have to, I have to say of beauty, I ha- I cannot forget my best friend Jennifer 
She is the owner of <clears throat> Urbana Advanced Aesthetics. She makes all this happen. <laughs> so, so Jen, I love you. Thank you for keeping me 29-ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, Belechka, applause, 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 you know, and, and I know that we've only scratched the surface of you. We really, you know, I've taken a lot of time. I, I know that your family's out there uh, wanting some of your attention, and I'm, I'm happy that you have them. But it's okay. If I show up like this, they know I was probably doing something. I'll just change into scrubs when I get there. It's all good. Oh, you got work coming up tonight? Yeah, I work nights. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, I used to do 7 to 7, right? I guess you're doing 11 to 7. 11 to 7, yep. That's that's Pink Knight Rider. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, you go help the people, um, diagnose them. and, and, I and then, say, Go ahead. I want to say thank you so much for allowing me to, to just be on your show. And like I said, I... I welcome everybody who's listening to this podcast. People can reach out to me and support me. I am on Facebook on Bella, B-E-L-L-A, Levy, L-E-V-Y. And on Instagram, it's B-E-L-L-A-C-H-K-A-2021. The other website that I have, it's almost complete. But once that's up and running, it will be on my social media platforms. Well, I'll make sure that I put those uh, socials on the show notes so people know yes. where to go to get to get I to remember, you. We're all in this together. Yeah, I, man, I like the heart thing. This is beautiful. <laughs> Do you have a Twitter by any chance? Um, no, but well, is yeah. that like kids are doing i don't know I, th those are the the big four that i have is the youtube the twitter right. the instagram and the facebook and i guess i'm on twitch now so uh, you know with oh. the with the gaming uh, that i've been doing but that, that's another you know, story what? so i still like i said i'm so old school that i'm still trying to figure this we're out we're kids of the I mean, 80s I, yeah. my email address is aol that tells you how old school i am yeah my and email address is aol Keys Dan at AOL. If anybody wants to email me, my email address is Bella X Ray B L L A X R A Y at AOL.com. And <laughs> I, 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 I know I'm so old school. You know, the little AOL guy running to, to, to yeah. I thought I me. was the last guy on AOL. It's Keys Dan no. at AOL. Yeah. No. So. Again, thank you so much. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I think I tried to cover everybody that I can possibly cover. Um, of course, I'm very grateful to my children for my source of inspiration. Um, I'm grateful to my parents because had it not been for their fortitude, I would have, you know, we would have never been into this country. I'm grateful for my, for my supportive husband who... Bless his little heart. He has to deal with all this sometimes. And I can be a little high maintenance sometimes. I know. Shocker, right? <laughs> well, I don't want this to be the last time that we talk, Bella. I, 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 after, you know, March or, or whatever happens in your pageant, I want to yeah. talk again and, and uh, yeah. continue with the uh, the different platforms that you're, whether yeah. it be the women or the human trafficking. I want to know how that's progressing. You know, if you you've been able to find people uh, or yeah. uh, stop, uh, you know, stop the horror of that, you yeah. know, because I have daughters. I, I don't want them uh, hurt in any way uh, or taken. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel it yeah. too. 
So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, usually I finish these last words for the people. This could be words to live by, something that you heard a long time ago, uh, maybe mm-hmm. a mantra, or it could be just whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. Bella Levy, last words for the people. Last words for the people, just be kind to one another love each other and if you see something say something if you're wrong then you're wrong but if you're right you can change the trajectory of life you could become a warrior if you see something that don't look right say something and i think that a lot of the people that oh well, i don't know i don't want to get up no it's time to get because i know i myself i can't do it. But if we crush the demand, then the supply will crash. If there is no demand, I know I can't take care of that. that. But if people open their eyes up and they're like, wait a minute, that doesn't look right. That doesn't sound right. And they start being more vigilant, reporting these things. Become active. Reach out to your local chapter. If you don't know who to reach out to, reach out to your local clergy. Reach out to your local government and just say, how can I help? What can I do? You will be surprised how many people are willing. And I guess on that note, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for having me. Have a happy new year. I want to wish everybody a happy and healthy 2021. Um, I know a friend of mine told me a joke and I have to say it because I was saving until the end. They said, you think 2020 was bad? Wait till 2021 starts to drink. <laughs> You know, get it like the drinking age, 21, but had to be there. So moving on, last words, take care of each other, be kind, and it's okay to speak up. And I cannot, again, say thank you so much to my people from the field company because we're able to go to work, I'm able to be, and I'm able to be that super scrubs, and I'm able to help. So we're all in this together. Take care of yourself and each other. And Dan, thank you. You have a friend in Maryland. Well, there you have it, party people. Bella Levy. You know, I thought she was, uh, you know, beauty queen, but she's so much more. X-ray tech, uh, math, (laughs) uh, just a brain already. She's got a, a good head on her shoulders and the the you know women empowering and the human trafficking you could tell the passions that she has she lit up when she talked about her family when she talked about all their people that have helped her out she's very friend oriented she send out sends out those good vibes and the people are attracted to those good vibes i'm attracted to those good vibes thank you bella levy uh, belachka <laughs> 2021 b-e-l-l-a-c-h-k-a 2021 on her instagram follow her stalk her and help her out in any way you can if you uh see something especially about the human trafficking and and the like hey you say something you know if people people don't think that there's slavery going on oh yeah there's still slavery going on uh slavery did not end uh, you know uh hundred years or in 1865 or so uh, slavery has been going on uh since since uh i guess since people were people you know you've got strong people they will 
uh, overpower the weak people there and i and i put that i have to put that in quotations because you know people may be weak in in muscle muscles but still have brains everybody counts everybody's important is what i'm trying to say and no one should have the power over anyone and i know you know someone that's got power over you unless you're the boss of all bosses el capo duty capo you know but uh even that guy, he's got a boss. You know, there's always somebody on top. So, but uh, we we just got to get along with each other. Don't don't uh, don't take advantage of people. Just be nice. Be nice. Bella, Bella Levy, very nice. What a nice lady. So glad she was on the program. Thank you so much for being on the program, the What Makes You Famous podcast. Now, if you, now I'm turning my attention to you. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag, What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook, at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram, at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter, at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube, at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening radio what the music you want hey guys this is shelly g with a fast fact the first tv commercial was a 20 second ad for a bowl of a clock broadcasted by WNBT New York during a game between the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Philadelphia Phillies in July 1941. Bolivar paid $9 for that first TV spot. Bolivar was also the first watch in space. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of keysdan.com follow radio what on facebook and twitter click on the links at the top of radio the music you want is on